What's up, everyone? You are listening to the After Dinner Mint Show with Gracie Autumn. I'm a DJ, vlogger, coffee-drinking Marvel lover. My show is about life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but I mostly focus on the good things. On today's show, I'm joined by the talented musician Mark Kaschek. Mark talks about his thoughts on what it's like to be a musician in today's world. We also play some of his music. And with that, here's the show. And welcome back, everyone. You are listening to another exciting episode of the After Dinner Mint Show with Gracie Autumn. And it is day, who knows, in quarantine. I spend about half the day trying to figure out which day of the week it is. So that is my life right now. Um, But I did remember today's date because a couple weeks ago, I scheduled an interview with a really good friend of mine who is a super talented musician. I love his music. He's an amazing friend. And we're going to play some of his music on the show today and also talk about the pros and cons of being a musician these days. Super excited. Please welcome Mark Kaschak. Mark, thank you for being on the show. This is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> yes, and we have I'm just that so, re- <laughs> Yeah, I'm just so excited. Too we excited. have that recorded now, so yeah. we can take that. Yeah, just um, I'll make sure Julia skips over that part. You there know. you go, yeah. <laughs> we'll edit it, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. always a, kind of a scary time for me to interview friends because these shows will te- like turn into catch-up things, and I'll be like, right. let's just talk about like how you're doing. I have Everyone's fun. interested in our, so long. our And I'll like go to edit episodes, and I'm like, I just had to edit five minutes of like me and this person catching up on our lives. Well, like, you know. People are interested. Yeah, who knows? But, I just, I don't know. Let's let her rip. They, they can, they'll just have to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they have nothing need, else like better to do. Like we just, need to catch up with friends in these uncertain times, as all the emails keep telling exactly. us. Exactly. <laughs> it's good to keep it natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I kick into the interview, Mark, I like to start my show with an icebreaker because sure. yes, because this helps our listeners get a sense of who you are. I get to learn a fun fact about you that I probably didn't know about. So are you ready for this one? I as I'll ever be. All right. <laughs> um, if you could collaborate with any musician, who would it be and why? That's not fair. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I also sprung this on you like two minutes ago. You really did. Yeah. Keep and even, even though I've had the time to think about it. Well, the thing is, um, it is a, is a widely known fact that 21 Pilots is my favorite band. Yes. Um, they're tattooed onto my body. Uh, I can't shut up about them. And so they're the first band that came to mind, but I, it felt boring to have that be my answer because it's so obvious to anyone who knows me. But truly, the, the, I mean, the reason I love that band so much is because of the uh, sheer, you know, expanse of genres that they cover. And um, that's something that as a musician, especially in the past few years, that I have loved to discover about myself is, is you know, being able to tap into so many different genres and not being beholden to one uh, or another, not having to commit as hard as you used to. Uh, for that reason, I, y- you have no idea what could come out of a collaboration with those guys. 
um, you don't know what kind of genre is going to come out of it. So I, I think it, it would be the most fun to do because you, you go into that thinking it could be rap, it could be rock, it could be pop, it could be any number of things, you know. Um, that would probably be my answer. They, they touch on a lot of genres that I'm really, really into right now. And obviously, I mean, they're, they're like my, my musical idols. So it would <laughs> no, probably I can be. see that working so well. Plus like with your style of music too, you touch on a lot of different genres and I think that would like blend really well. Right. You guys working right. together. That's my thought. Sorry if it's oh, good. Again, great, great minds think alike. Y'all can deal with it. <laughs> Um, also, if you wouldn't mind kind of sharing a little bit about yourself and your music with the listeners. Sure. Um, I guess where to, where, to, uh, where to start. So when I was 16, my parents got me a guitar and I kind of self-taught my, my, myself, you know, doing the typical Nirvana, classic rock, you know, Seven Nation Army type riffs. Um, it wasn't really until I was out of college, not even in college, but out of college that I started writing my own stuff. Um, and then it kind of opened a floodgate. And since then, I just haven't really been able to stop. And I've especially been blessed with a lot of opportunities to create things on my own without having to go to a studio, things like that, or even just kind of um, being able to just sit down and write. Uh, and capitalizing on those opportunities. Uh, as I said before, you know, I've been trying to tap into as many different genres as I can. It's like every, like, what kind of sound do I want to make right now? That question is answered depending on who I'm listening to at the moment. You know, I'll listen to Gregory Allen Isakov and be like, I want to make the most beautiful acoustic album of all time. Then I'll listen to Sylvanesso and I'm like, oh, I just want to bump and groove. And then I'll listen to Kendrick Lamar and it's like, I need to write bars. And it's just like, it, uh, uh, that's just what I love about independent creation these days is, is the ability to go wherever you want. Um, and so that's kind of been my main goal and my main pursuit in the past, I'd say, year is just really trying to go after whatever, whatever genres I can and just kind of test myself out that way. Yeah. That's awesome. I know sky's the limit. And I feel like uh, Billie Eilish has kind of taught us too, like, that's totally possible. And you listen to her album and her approach was very much like, I want to make an album where people with different tastes in music, they would all find a track on this album that right. they would like, you know, that's right. so fascinating. And so kind of talking, speaking a little bit to that, I've, I've long held this theory that there is something in every single genre. And even if it's as small as a single run of notes or, or just a phrase or a bar or something, there's, there's um, at least one moment in every single genre for every single person to enjoy. I'm, I am 100% confident about that. Um, and sorry, excuse the baby noises from upstairs, you know, bedtime <laughs> is happening right now. Uh, so, um, um, and for someone to be able to throw that all into one album is not something that people would really have considered before because your resources were so limited and your time was so limited. It's like, we really have one shot to make something oh, that's sure. going to sell widespread. We need to appeal to a certain kind of person. And if we go off the rails a little bit, that could cost us literally thousands of dollars. And um, speaking to your other point, uh, not to mention Billie Eilish and her brother made that album in their bedroom, just the two of them, and got, what, seven Grammys out of it? Yeah. 
I mean, the time, the time of sticking to these massive budgets and only creating something on that level, if you're signed to a massive label, those days are gone. They're just plain oh, yeah. gone. There are yeah. no rules. No rules anymore. No rules. Um, we're going to actually play one of your songs right now because I feel like it's easier for people to listen to the, your music than to just talk about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. let me just play you a song. This is, this is what Let's we're talking what about. Guy's all about. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and this one is called Departure. Before we play it, do you want to talk about it at all or share anything about it? Sure. Um, I, I had noticed that I had this tendency to uh, write one of two styles. And one of them was very quiet, singer, songwriter, just me and a guitar. And the other one was as loud and rocking as humanly possible. If you listen to uh, the Brothers Cast Jack album, The Ark and the Amateur, you'll notice that it basically goes back and forth between those two energy levels. Um, and so this song departure was actually a, an exercise for me in trying to find the middle road. So I wanted to write a song that was not just quiet and also not rockingly loud. And, uh, it's the first time I made a dedicated effort to do that. As far as the meaning of the song itself, it's kind of just about death. (laughs) I tend to do that a lot. Um, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's kind of a happy song about death. Uh, but yeah, those are, I guess the two main components about the song. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so here is Departure. Kick off your shoes, they're miles away by now. At the station behind us, they're singing the same song. And the one up ahead will be singing it before long. And every now and then, you'll see them in the distance. You might understand, but you're never gonna listen. your music and it makes my heart so happy that you are still able to like pursue music in a way it makes oh. me so happy you're such a talented dude and an incredible songwriter and musician um thank you thank yeah, you it makes, yeah it makes me really happy that you're still playing music it makes me happy too you know there are so many different stages of my musical journey where it felt like a definitive change but i think i interpreted it as a definitive end like you I mentioned the brothers cash Jack before that was the duo that I had with my brother. He and I uh, used to work at the same school. And so we found a really great opportunity to play music together in Northeast Ohio. And uh, when we both moved away from that area and kind of, you know, found wives and started families and stuff, it changed my musical journey dramatically. I went from, you know, touring the Midwest on a small scale to just living by, well, living with this woman, you know, and, and, uh, 
I think I interpreted that as kind of a mini death in in music, but then I, upon reconvening, you know, with it, I just I realized that 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 part of me was was not quite done at all, um, and I, I was able to find the resources to keep that going. So yeah, I'm I'm equally happy about it. That's great, and um, we kind of touched on this a little earlier, um, but I really want to expand on it. But I think it's an amazing time to be a musician right now. Well, like not this exact time with coronavirus but <laughs> right. around the time before the earth closed the times yeah yeah um so i was wondering if you could just kind of talk about that like why mm-hmm. it's an amazing time to be a musician well there oh my gosh there are so many ways to create i mean when it when you boil it all down what i think musicians are all chasing is is a body of work um, I mean, people obviously want to get recognized and a lot of people want to be famous. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend that I would turn down a record deal. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, people want to create, they want to bring something into the world that, that didn't exist yet. And like I said before, that used to be so much more complicated than it is now. There are even freeways now to make your music. You can upload it to Bandcamp. You can put it on YouTube. Uh, there's, there's this company that I recently discovered. It's my greatest recent musical discovery. They're called Amuse.io not a sponsor, uh, but the, it's, it's free music distribution to like major streaming platforms. These are things you used to have to pay, you know, maybe not serious cash, but to some people it's serious cash depending oh, yeah. on the budget, you know, like uh, you have free resources at your hands, your hands. You have YouTube tutorials to know how to use plugins, instrument rentals, just people are finding ways to bring down, to, to, to lower the bar for what it takes to be a songwriter. They found so many ways to do it. Yeah, it's totally amazing. And it's encouraging to see, like, I don't think as a musician, you should always gun for like, I need to be like on the top and be super famous. You know, like, even if you can just go to like the local, you know, like a bar or play at like open mic night and doing that and just getting your music, you know, online, like that is still great. And just Mm -hmm. being a creator and sharing your music is such an important thing. And right. I'm glad like a, a lot of musicians have that chance to do that. Um, right. It's yeah. also, yeah, it's also kind of like a terrible time to be a musician right now. <laughs> um, kind of, as I said, like COVID-19 and like the music yeah. industry has lost so oh much gosh. money. Like, I don't know how we're going to financially cover. recover from this. Yeah. To quote the Tiger King. Yeah. Um, have you seen, have you seen those memes? I have. I like took a video. I took a video of that him saying that, and it, I listen to it every day. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So no, but it's kind of terrifying to think. Like, not to get so dark now, but but you, I, I don't think there really is a way to for a single person to wrap their mind around the, the true severity of the impact that this is having. I mean, you think about any corner of any industry is affected in some way and in, in, in a lot of them is just completely tanked them. The restaurant in- industry tanked, the movie industry tanked, the uh, anything to do with arenas, sports games, entertainment tanked, anything that requires public gathering of any kind tanked. It's, it's, it's kind of frightening. This is p- people's livelihood. You know, people, there, there are musicians who have made the jump, you know, a lot of what's, what's great. We were talking a moment ago about what it's amazing time to be a musician because you can put so much out into the world without having to make the jump as you used to, you know, there used to be a definitive moment where you had to say, you know, 
I'm going to go after this thing and I'm going to pack up my car and I'm going to drive to Nashville or whatever. Some people have made that jump and they have put all their chips in on the touring life as their main source of income. What a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, radio play and streams, yeah, they make you some money, but where artists really start to rake it in is live shows, merch sales that happen at these community gathering events that just don't happen anymore. Yeah, it's it's scary too. And even like album releases have been postponed, which is like awful. Like they were planning like, okay, so I'm going to release this album. We'll make money off that. And then we'll go on tour. And it's like mm-hmm. a domino effect. Like they're just getting hit. Everything gets every pushed back just indefinitely. Of yeah. their job. It, yeah. It's yeah. really and, scary. And it's not just the bands, it's the venues too. I mean, you figure these venues are, are they try to make money wherever they can. They're, they're a venue and they're also a bar, but either way, they're a public gathering space. That's, that's the bottom line. They're not doing anything right now. And again, this is their livelihood. People work full time as, as audio technicians, as, as stage managers. I don't know what the official title is, but you know, the people who run the venue, this is their, this is their livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. No. And even people like who work part-time at those venues, you know, like they're not getting right. It's like ticket sales. Like, yeah, even what? for part-time, you, you know, I don't want to lose a couple hundred a month out of my yeah. budget. Like that, that, that'd hit anybody, you know? Well, I guess maybe not anybody. There are people who could afford to lose $400 a month, but I'm not one of them. And <laughs> a lot of the people yeah. in the music industry aren't either. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm counting every penny. Um, <laughs> but like, not even just like, I think the money aspect too, I think um, it can be also very overwhelming to be a musician, especially mm. Um, with like Instagram and like social media and posting because you just realize how much content is out there and you're not like unique for thinking like, I'm going to get my music out there in the world. Right. Right. It's, you know, you know, the, the saying, um, what is it? Cliches are cliches for a reason or something like that. Or it's a cliche for a reason. You know, you think about, you know, man, if you, if you try to make it, man, then you're, then you're not going to make it. If you focus on the money, man, then it's, you know, whatever. You just got to want to create art for creating art, man. And like, as much as we want to kind of point fingers and laugh at the, at the, you know, the person who just wants to create art and doesn't care about the money. It's like, of course you care about the money. Like, yes, we want to be successful. But what I, what I found is like the cliche of that is, is partly, if not like a lot of it is very, very true. What I've, what I've noticed in, um, I mean, in the past I've had, I'll admit, I've had absolute delusions of grandeur about where my music career was going, how big of a deal I was and what I wanted to become and like the goals I wanted to reach. And I recently let go of a lot of that. And I really am chasing, like I said, just the body of work. You know what I mean? What I, what I really want as a musician is for when my kid is, you know, 13 years old and he comes up to me and he says, did you ever make music? I want to be able to show him like a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, am I going to, am I going to care more about being able to show my kid like here are five albums I made, or am I going to care about like, I want a Grammy, like both sound awesome. I'm not going to lie. But at the end of the day, like I really do just want a body of work, but it can be overwhelming if you focus too much on the Grammys that it's like, I got to I got to hustle to, be have this reach on Instagram and Facebook. I've got to make sure I'm posting the same content on these 9 million social channels. 
because my fans could be, you know, exclusive to all of these different areas. I have to make sure that my content's unique and funny, but not too funny so that people take me seriously. And it's just, it's a, it's a hive of insanity sometimes. Oh yeah. It, it makes your head spin. And like you, you really just have to detox a town and be like, okay, like these days of the week, I'm not going on Instagram and that's okay. And right. people won't forget me forever and ever. And I have to stop thinking about like all the hashtags I need to use right. in my post because like maybe someone will click one and that will make me famous and right. I'll have my mansion. Yeah. It, Believe it or not. And I don't, I don't really have uh, much of a, uh, well-planned out reason for this, but I've actually stopped including hashtags in my Instagram posts because I found, I one day found myself like waiting to post this picture that who cares about the picture. And I was sitting there for like 10 minutes staring at the caption field because I hadn't come up with the hashtag yet, you know? And I was like, this is ridiculous. Why? Like I'm putting so much weight on this hashtag. That's like not going to matter. And so I eventually was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do hashtags. And sometimes I don't even post a caption. I just like, (laughs) like, I just want to create stuff, you know? But, but the thing is a lot of people can't afford to do that. Some people's bottom line does depend on finding the perfect hashtag on making sure you hit all the social channels on making sure you're striking that balance between funny and serious. Like that, does matter for a lot of people's bottom line that feeds their families. Yeah, it's it's so true. And I always, I have to like remind myself with this podcast because like sometimes I get so caught up in like, oh my gosh, like I didn't have enough listeners this week or just like, how do I like promote the show more? And mm-hmm. then like I stop, I'm like, okay, but remember like you are getting to interview some really cool people that you like never would have had the chance to do so any, like at any time. Um, Mm -hmm. A few weeks ago, like I got to interview this really cool musician. His name is Matt Vantine and he like is, uh, lives in Philly. And it was like so cool. And I'm like, this never would have happened if I had just like randomly messaged him like, Hey, I want to learn about your music. But like, because I had this podcast, like I was able to sit down with him and talk about music. And it was so cool. I'm like, you need to be more in these moments of like, even if no one listens to your podcast, like you still had these really cool conversations with right. people. And that's what it's about. And so that reminds me of a story, another Brothers Cast Jack story. Oh, well, yay. I guess the first yeah. So so there's this um place in Cleveland called Mayhalls. It's an old like fifties external ball return bowling alley that doubles as a music venue. Uh, it's where my brother and I saw Shaky Graves for the first time. We were standing like two feet from him. It was amazing. But anyway, so we we got to play Mayhalls twice, actually. So, But the first time we played them, literally the only people in the crowd were the, was the members of the band we were opening for. That was it. And so it was like this moment of like, this is, this is the biggest face plan I can imagine is the only audience members being the band that you're opening for. And then we basically just switched places and we were the only audience members for them. And so I could have looked at that situation as, you know, this was just an utter complete failure, but it's one of my most, it's just one of my favorite memories because what actually happened after that is right before the headlining band went on, their guitarist came up to me and he said, Hey, uh, we are actually touring around the country with just a tent and we've been pitching the tent in people's backyards. Do you have a yard that we could, camp out in for for the evening and i was like dude i have an extra living room bring your sleeping bags into my house and like let's have a sleepover so they drove back to my house 
and oh like gosh. the whole the whole band that we opened for whom we had never met never heard of before <laughs> was suddenly sleeping on my living room floor in sleeping bags and then the next morning before they continued on to New York City or wherever they were headed to we all went to Waffle House and had breakfast together and then they went on their way and then they mentioned us in their blog post later and like yes as a from the business side of things it was the biggest flop possible that night but it is one of my favorite memories ever as a musician and like those are the moments that like like you really just want the experiences like you're saying you're interviewing your favorite musicians like mark kasjak is your favorite musician and you're getting to interview him right now no, exactly no always <laughs> no but but ever it's just, and always it's it's a good reminder like it's hard to it's hard to think like you know when you're 90 or whatever and you look back on your life are you going to be thinking about your weekly reach or are you going to be thinking about the cool people you got to talk to and that's not always easy to keep tabs on but like really you do have to ask yourself that question sometimes oh yeah for sure and like sometimes in the moment it's hard to get like it's so easy to get caught up and be like this was such a waste of time and like this was so embarrassing but like looking back like you you love those memories and right. like, this is like what shaped me as a person and right. a musician like having those amazing gigs where you're like oh my gosh like i am the king and then like <laughs> yeah. the next day you're just like this show is a disaster i'm the peasant <laughs> and like i am not the king like i was dethroned and like but like you look back and you're like but it like made me who i am and it's like that's my story and the trenches are so important. The trenches are so important. I mean, like, that's why it's a wavelength. You have your troughs and you have your peaks. And, like, the peaks aren't peaks without the troughs. Like, literally, the shape does not happen without the troughs. Not to get too, like, tie-dye on you or anything, but, like, that's, it's, it's true. Like, the, the, the grind and the, and, and the trench, the trenches, they're, they're so, they're just as formative as the successes and, and the grandeur. I'm, you know, not that I've experienced much grandeur on really any massive level, but like, I just have to imagine both are equally important in the formation of who you are as a musician and as a person too. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, I want to offer some words of encouragement for musicians and really all artists Right. during this time right now, you know, it's definitely not all, sunshine and, and daisies right mm -hmm. now and um, so mark what would you um suggest for musicians like how to stay motivated during this time and to stay encouraged well you know i i think there, there are two things the first thing is is recognize what is and is not in your control i mean this situation is so horrible for so many people um but beyond social distancing i mean we're kind of waiting it out so i i think you know while everything is turned upside down we kind of need to just wait patiently and happily we we have a choice for how we respond to the reality that we need to wait we don't have control over whether or not we need to wait the fact is we need to wait it out i mean that's just we have no choice. We do have a choice in the response that we have to it. So we can, we can try to be patient. We can try to be happy. But the other, the other thing is, especially right now, while artists, while, while consumers and listeners, while everyone is kind of suffering from this in the music industry, I would say, trust your goodwill gut. And what I mean by that is, you know, give, give stuff away, do live streams, just write a song and record a crappy version of it. And don't touch it up too much and just give it out like this is the time to do that everyone is in their homes 
in the same pajamas they were wearing four days ago. Let's like, let's give people our four day old music pajamas. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I, I did, I recorded my tiny desk uh, contest submission video the other day. Yeah. And, and I literally recorded it sitting on the floor of my basement in gym shorts and grody socks unshowered with a grease flop mohawk of hair because I was like, if, <laughs> if there's and recorded it on my phone instead of like my nice camera and microphone and like, cause now is the time to like acknowledge that creation and beauty and music can still happen with all these limitations and it can still be beautiful and it can still be worthwhile. And, and you can communicate that to your fans and to your followers by just doubling down on it. I think now's the time to do that. Everyone's looking for it. No one's going to care. Like it's like right now, is anyone going to care if they see you at a supermarket in PJs and in a, in a, in a medical mask? Like, no, everyone's on the same horrible page. <laughs> Let's go down this horrible river in this horrible boat together. Uh, Mark, you weren't supposed to make me cry. But oh. <laughs> guy, stop it. Oops. I'm sorry. My <laughs> bad. Beautiful. Um, but we are beautiful. going to play another song for you as we slowly start to wrap up this interview. And this one is called Hold On. Um, do you have anything you would like to share about it? Uh, well, it's a rap. So the reason I chose this one is... Um, because it is very much nothing like the first song you heard. So it kind of doubles down on that thing we were talking about, how you don't have to be beholden to a single genre. You can kind of chase whatever you want to. So this is the second rap I ever recorded. The first one was called Don't Try Rappin', because I, I kept on finding myself writing rap verses and bars and and then convincing myself that I wasn't meant for it. And like, this is stupid. You're just like a, you know white graphic designer in New Hampshire, like stop trying to rap. And so I wrote this song, Don't Try Rapping to kind of get that all out. And then after I did that, I was like, well, let's, let's keep going. And, and so Hold On is, is a bit of a sequel of that. It's not as on the nose as a song titled Don't Try Rapping, but it is still about how I'm still a little bit insecure about, you know, dipping into this genre, but, but it, it takes itself a touch more seriously, I guess you could say. So that's really what this song's about. All right, so let's take a listen, and this is Hold On. could get me stacks on stacks of back seats with hoes who knows what that means that's a life i have no interest in interested in backpacks and the dax not cars with tires so big they got mud flats not packing heat shit i don't even pop bud caps my whiskey neat with a dash of water i'm hot enough without the barrel going off my alma mater i'm blowing off i got enough dead in my life to drown my wife too and i'm racked with strife too in my life too many times i'm out of the light too many times frowning at night time, it's fight time and I'm shying away, not at the right time and I died today. Stop trying, Trump dead, I'm alive in a 
away but not flying Would rather be alive and away from the memories that I have of you And I hate the way that you're always trying to make me look back at you And it may be that I'm taking just a tasting of my attitude My medicine and my poison then getting mad at you And it's true that I do the damage that you don't have to manage The fool never knew the room was just cue and fight empty handed And soon it'll be the two of us due for a brand new battle Rattling prison cages and waging my war that fat'll be over before I know it For now if you got a paddle I can use it any time up this creek and I'm weak without it and Rock and rock and roll. Yes. Oh, man. I, uh, I loved it. Thank you. It makes thank me you. so happy. Mark, this has been such a treat uh, getting to talk to you. We should do this hourly. This we is just, <laughs> just forget. <laughs> exactly. I've been also like admiring all the books on your bookshelf behind yes. you. Um, Don't you love all Zoom of my brother-in-law right brother-in-law's books? Yeah. And yes. the, the Harry Potter books. I was like, ooh. Yeah, it's it's funny. So I work for a Catholic book publishing company and I actually position myself when I do my video conferences, I push I position myself right in front of the Harry Potter books so as not to offend my ultra conservative clients. <laughs> so I want to make sure they're not upset about it. So I put my head like right here. So in case they recognize Harry Potter and suddenly they don't want to buy our textbooks anymore. Oh no. You're like, how did this get here? Just burn it. What is that? Pay attention to pay no mind to the Harry Potter. Look at the CS Lewis. <laughs> exactly. Like what, what is this? Um, this has been so fun. Yeah. And I, I think I have to have you on the show again because oh, please, please, this please, was, please. this was excellent. We could talk yes. for hours and hours um yeah. maybe i'll just well, like start my own solo podcast just so i can have you as a guest on it you i don't should. know Who cares? we could each have a podcast and we'll each Let's just do it guest on each other's shows. mine that will be, be mine will be the before breakfast mint show you there you go <laughs> i i love that yeah um, which is basically just toothpaste if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> fancy word for toothpaste 
Um, but before we head out, Mark, how can people find you, find your music, all that good stuff? Right. So I was very smart about this, actually. So pretty much all of my handles are just my first and last name, Mark Kaschek, M-A-R-K-K-A-S-C-H-A-K. I try to make it nice and simple. So if you search at Mark Kaschek on practically any platform, you'll, you're, you're more or less going to find me. Brilliant. I'm all on right. Bandcamp, so, so Spotify, all the, all the major streaming platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. He's there. All I'm right, there. Mark. Thanks again. And everyone, go find his music. Go give him a like. I love his music, all that good stuff. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Want to stay updated? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at GracieAutumn95. You can listen to my podcast on most popular streaming services, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Thanks again. Thank you.